yeah, Pastor Paul, you will transition us yes. to this one. Wanted to know what's on the table today. We've taken a long time getting here, but what's what's on the table today? <laughs> well, you know, um, as we were, as we have been going through a lot of our shows, especially since we began, we have been t- trying to make sure that we tap into the different generations and how they do church or how they are connected to the church. And we came up with an idea that wanted, wanted for, we wanted to explore what millennials are doing to contribute back to the, to the church or even to the community in which their churches are. And what are some unique things they are doing? We, we did a show on um, folks who are influencers on social media. But today we're, do, we're looking at another type, another genre in which we want to explore that millennials are making an impact on. And so today, our title is, uh, what you're waiting on, what are you waiting on, uh, how millennials are contributing back to the church. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So millennials contributing to the church in 2021, Dr. Henry, who is at the table today? Well, listen, at not the on table, the menu. Tell you. Y'all got to no. <laughs> putting people on the menu. They're not on the menu. They're just at the table. Yeah, they're not on the menu. But let me tell you, we have, again, you know, every week, I mean, we're just blessed to have uh, good guests, people who are uh, not afraid to, to get in there and to just do ministry. And so we have two wonderful people, Beverly Burton. She is at the table and she is ready to give us you know, what the Lord has placed on her heart. We have Monique Powell, another heavy hitter. Listen, every time we come with heavy hitters, millennials, even, even when we get to, we got builders, we got, they come in, they come in, they come in, and they come in with something. So today I am just, again, I'm elated, I'm elated, I'm excited to see what they have to tell us as we get into this program today. All right, can we bring them on? Is it time? You're ready? Let us bring them on. All right, here we go, Let's ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the table today, Beverly Song Burton and Monique Powell. Welcome, ladies. So excited to have both of you with us today. Um, so listen, we're going to have a word of prayer. But right after we have a word of prayer, I'm going to give you well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you a chance to say hello to everybody. But let's have a word of prayer. Um, Pastor Wade, would you just offer a word of prayer as we get started? Sure, let us pray. Lord, one more time, we ask you to, to step into this space. We ask you to bless this discussion. Bless our guest. We pray for the interaction with those who are viewing, and we ask you, Lord, to gain the glory for everything that's done is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Beverly and Monique, we did not read your entire um, um, profile or resume or introduction, bios, all of those things. Um, but we would like for our audience to just to get to know you a little bit more than, than what we did. So I'm going to get normally when we have preachers on, I give them about 35.7 seconds to just share something. Um, but I'm going to give you we're going to give you ladies. How long, uh, Dr. Henry? Um, Listen, let's give them some time. They have something to share, man. They have okay. something to share. Take 30, as okay. much time so as you get want. 36.9 <laughs> seconds. How about that? Uh, we'll we'll bump it up to 45. 45. How about 45 seconds? Say hello to anybody you want to say hello. Just tell us where you are, what you're doing, what's going on, anything that you want to do in those 45 seconds. We'll start with Beverly and then we'll move to Monique. Beverly, time is yours. Awesome. Hi, everyone. How are you? My name is Beverly Burton, and uh, I am from New York City, born and raised. And I my ministry is pretty simple. It surrounds music. 
So I'm everything music. I'm a music teacher, and I'm also a business owner of Bickley Burton School of Music, which is now a virtual space where young people could come and get piano lessons and all of that good stuff. Um, I also am a children's author, so I write books that surround music again, and just mm -hmm. motivation and getting kids to really just be good at their craft and build discipline and other things that they need in life. And I'm also a songwriter and I've recently written a song, but I am a songwriter, which I'm sure I'll talk about some other time in this program, but that's basically what my ministry is. Everything music and um, just sharing with different people. Oh, that's so awesome, Roger! Roger, did we did we did we get her to sing today? Is there is there a spot? Is there a slot? I don't know. Uh, if if you want, I, I, I you know if I may, I mean my chest is all popping out. Um, Beverly has uh, done some programs for me, um, done some work for me, so I'm excited to have her here. And um, and I also have to be honest. In fairness, Monique and and Beverly. Just, just looking at what they are going to be offering or sharing with us today, I'm just excited for both of y'all. So, Bev, it's so good to have you with us, and uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation. And I guess, uh, Monique, your turn. Share with us. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you once more for having me. Um, it's such a beautiful opportunity to um, share what we've been doing. <laughs> but um, I'm born in New Jersey. Both my parents are from the beautiful island of Jamaica. Um, I am a speech language pathologist assistant, so I work with the schools. And um, I also um, a registered behavior technician as well. So I am still working with um, children. <laughs> and I just love children on the whole. That's why I decided to make that step into writing and becoming a children's author. So um, with that being said, I mean, nothing much <laughs> more I can really say, but um, I'm just thankful for that opportunity that God presented in my life. Well, let me tell you, Monique is just a, a bright star along with uh, uh, Miss Burton there. Um, I had the privilege of pastoring uh, Monique way back yonder. And I can tell you <laughs> that she is just a, a person that loves Jesus. Uh, her and her husband are just doing a phenomenal job at their church. Um, gotten some, you know, I'm getting some reports. I got some reports. Oh. They're good reports. So uh, it is a privilege having both of you uh, on this program today. Amen. Thank you. All right, Dr. Henry, take us away. All right. Well, listen, we want to start right off again. You all are, are creative. You're making a difference. Um, let, tell us about one of the latest contributions to the church. Uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, you know, the millennials are not involved in the church and where are the millennials? And, but listen, you have proven that, hey, <laughs> you all are involved. I mean, you're, you are making a serious contribution to the church. So tell us about your latest contributions and then also tell us a little background story. You know, how, how did you um, get to that point where you made these these major um, contributions? What what happened? What inspired you? Uh, what challenges did you have to you know hurdle to to get there, or was it easy? So we'll start with uh, Beverly Song Burton. Let's start with you. Definitely. Okay. So the journey to getting to the contributions started around the age of four or five. I was in piano lessons. And I love my teacher, but she was like definitely much older. I believe if she was alive today, she would be well into her 
maybe 110th year, but she was an older lady. And, you know, she came prepared to teach me the classical music and all the other structural things that I needed. But as a five-year-old, I was extremely creative as much as I did love to listen, I guess. You know, but I was really creative to the point where she said, Miss Burton, please don't bring Beverly back. She's not, you know, doing the music the way I want her to. No, she's supposed to be playing it as written and she's busy arranging and composing along with the music. So from that time, I stopped piano lessons because of her recommendation. And I was still teaching piano lessons to my teddy bears, like the real story. I would have, and I'm five, six years old, and I would have a, a manuscript staff book and I would just be like drawing in the circles, composing music. I knew my quarter notes, like I just knew music theory in a kid style, but I, I, I had a knack for it. But she didn't, she didn't really see that because I probably lacked a little bit of discipline and because I was so creative, you know, it translates into just someone who does not want to conform, um, just a nonconformist, which is kind of true to my character as well. But that inspired me to always want to become a piano teacher. And I remember going to school, graduating from Northeastern Academy, shout out to Northeastern Conference, but you know, graduating from Northeastern Academy and my option to go to school was Atlantic Union College. And then my, my, my degree could not be music. So my parents were like, my family was like, you cannot do music. Like that's not a thing. So they said, pick something else. And I ended up picking biology. So I struggled through this biology degree, love science, love creation, but not really physics, chemistry, organic, didn't really like those subjects. And when I got out, it was like, well, where are you going next? And I'm like, you know what, let me go into the New York City Board of Education. They're taking people. Fast forward, I ended up teaching for a little while. I started the Beverly Burton School of Music and went back to school to get my degree in music, which I did fulfill that. So I have a music degree as well. So one of the contributions that that I've made would be to the church is teaching piano lessons and also incorporating hymns, praise and worship, and classical music to give them a really well-rounded approach to not only be able to play their songs at performances and recitals, but be able to be functional in their churches. So a lot of the kids that I teach, they do play for their churches and in their church community. So nice. I just train kids to not only play on that level, but to play in their churches and to be functional. Um, and then I write books to kind of encourage kids because I know where I'm coming from, you know, just wanting to do my own thing. So Sam puts practice off again, you know, and they can relate to that and, and learn about procrastination and different things that they might not have received, which caused them not to be able to be successful in the piano arena. But once they learn the, the details and the theory of how to succeed, then they can enjoy piano. So mm. that's my journey and that's my contribution. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I want, Monique. I, I want oh, to take some lessons it. now. I just. Go to bbsm.com of all ages I teach. So, you know. Yes, Monique, go ahead. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, well, uh, I always enjoyed working in the youth and children's ministry department, um, technology also, and the music department. And now I have the grand opportunity to work with Southeastern Conference Prayer Ministries on Prayed Up Live, which is a huge blessing as well. 
Um, however, I published my very first children's book in January of 2020, like literally right before the pandemic, <laughs> right before the pandemic, I had my, um, my book signing party and everything. I'm telling you, it was all God. It, it happened on the perfect timing because right after everything was shut down. <laughs> but it was definitely a huge contribution to the community for me because by the grace of God, I was able to share a story poem about a confident little girl named Zola who just celebrates her self-worth and spends an amazing day just appreciating her family and friends. So like children and adults of all ages fell in love with Zola at first glance. So just hearing parents and children's feedback, like it made my heart melt. <laughs> but the reason for this contribution is to really help children embrace their self-worth and build their confidence. Um, I just wanted to also highlight the diversity. So in my book, I had quoted, I love all of my friends, um, they're unique in different ways. We accept each other even if we don't look the same. So just trying to remind children and even like us adults that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, and just to sum up my background story of how this came about is that I've always had a passion for create, creative writing since like second grade. Um, when I was living in New Jersey, Seth Boyden <laughs> Elementary School. I, I can't forget my teacher, Mrs. Pop. She always put on the song, um, What a Wonderful World. And she would always set aside some time for us to just write and illustrate our own story. We would have a paper, like it was like a book. And it was always a dream of mine just to write a book. I would just sit there, write, color, everything. <laughs> So I've always received encouragement from my parents growing up until this day, hearing feedback like from my husband and even, you know, those in the community about my creativity. So overall, I always thought of writing a chapter book, literally. I always dreamed about writing a chapter book. Um, I would sit there, type all, everything out on my computer. I would print it out. but. So my mind was literally set on completing a chapter book, but I always got writer's block, always. And then that discouraged me and I would set it aside, haven't looked at it for a, like a couple of years, but God had a different plan for me. And um, he wanted me to start off writing a children's book. And that's where I am now. <laughs> Man, I wow. have some yeah. sermons wow. like wow. that. I sat down for a couple of years, haven't seen them. In. <laughs> that's, uh, Listen, you, you, did y'all did y'all hear the fact that our two guests had two different types of teachers? One that wasn't really pushing, but they still went mm -hmm. on, and then one that was pushing, and they made it happen. I mean, that is awesome. That lets you know right there that that God actually puts it inside of us, and it's not really those around us. It's just some. Some of them, even the ones that are against us, are really there to push us. So I'm excited. I'm excited to hear that, hear about yeah. that. So, so as we go on, um, do you see? Are you seeing others in your community doing what you're doing? Both of you have written books, especially to children. And one of our one of our viewers, George, shared that it is an amazing to note that both of our guest speakers, both of you. Um, are investing in younger generations, investing in someone who's younger than you. Are you seeing others doing this very same thing? Definitely. Well, I, 
Yeah, share, share with, do you know what, what it has that helped you to, 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 uh, to shape what you're doing or, or are you just looking and seeing and saying, Hey, you know, I'm happy for them. Uh, Monique, can you share? Yes. So just like for me personally, I see other young people, um, on whether it's with technology or with others writing children's books as well, taking part into the church, starting their own ministry. Um, it's just a beautiful thing because it encourages you as well. And um, just being able to um, piggyback off of them and just encouraging each other and saying, hey, um, that idea is great. How, how, how can you help me in this way? And, and just being able to help each other and to encourage each other in Christ. That's, that's what I absolutely love about, um, this generation as well. <laughs> we try to help each other, you know, um, if we have something to share, we don't keep it to ourselves, you know? So, um, I believe that's, uh, really important. Okay. Um, Beverly. Good. What have you seen um, in your your circle? Well, what I've seen in my circle, which is like kind of like social media and stuff, mm -hmm. I don't, for me personally, I haven't like had the opportunity to have like a circle, you know? I work by myself most of the times or just happen to connect with people in ministry in the moment. Like I believe that God like puts ministries in the moment together sometime. But what I do know is that it's something about seeing other people kind of moving forward that definitely does inspire you in the moments where things are rough. Um, you might be pushing the dream and things are not going the way you thought and you, but it just keeps you kind of grounded to say, if, if other people can make it, then so could I, you know, it's the same wow. God who's handing out the same gift to everybody. So even though kind of like Monique, I'm so I, I'm listening to her story and I'm just like, wow, this is, I feel like she's kind of telling my story while she's telling her own story. It's like so similar, but we still have a different path, a different group of people that like, we can't reach the whole world, but God uses different hands. So I've, I've kind of seen that. And I know of two young ladies who have inspired me. Um, Crystal Lewis is one of them. She wrote a book called the diamond formation. And it was just so good. Like hearing other people's experiences or knowing why they did what they did inspires you off the back. And then there was another um, young lady named Veronica. I believe she wrote a book for kids doing math. You know, so, so to know that I grew up on certain books doing math, but now I know a person that my kid could grow up on who's doing amazing work. It's just like, wow, you know, people around me are amazing, just as amazing as, you know, walking up to a book stand and pulling a book and not knowing who the author is. They could be from across the world, but you're starting to kind of like, see that there are people across the street who are doing amazing things. So I think social media has a way of connecting, you know, the obvious where it's like, wow, I don't know that person. I've never connected with them, but guess what? The, the degrees of separation are so small. So really, if they can do it, so can I, or maybe I can be that inspiration as well to someone else who knows me and be like, Beverly did that? Oh, snap, I gotta do that too, you know, so. Nice. I like this, I like this. You know, one, one of the things that, um, is just glaring to me and that is the ability to to share with each other to share these ideas with each other to help each other along the way and and i'm seeing that you know in the the millennials represented by these uh, two individuals here are saying hey we want to we want to we want to help you you know it's not it's not about uh competition here we want to help you 
to get where you need to go because, and I like the quote that she had there, uh, um, Beverly, you said, um, God has a big word, but you said, but he has, has that done. can you say that again one more time? I got to write that down. That's, that's a too. preaching thing. I got to write it down first. <laughs> <laughs> but you said it. You wow. said he has many hands to do the work, right? Yeah, he has and, many hands uh, to do the Exactly. We can't reach the whole world, basically, as right. one person. So there's, there's never a time where we overlap. It's like if we're doing the same thing, then mm. hey, we're all trying to reach different people. So. Right. That's great. Yeah, this is this is fascinating for me to 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 see both you ladies and 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 what you have done. Um, anybody, most people that know me, um, somewhere if they were characterizing me, they would say oh, he's an idea guy. He's always got an idea on something. Uh, I believe that ideas are powerful, but I'm one of those people that I got an idea for this and an idea for this, and I'm always dreaming up this and dreaming that. And uh, one of the most challenging things for for dreamers uh, or for for ideaizers, people who have a lot of ideas, is how do you take and move the idea from being just an idea? How do you turn it into a reality, something that's touchable? That that that's you know, how do you do that? And so there there are other millennials out there that that not only because that's a common struggle, no matter what age you are. Um, you, you've got 80 year olds who, who, who have ideas and they want to turn them into realities. Mm -hmm. But today in the church, I think for millennials, there's often a, an added uh, layer. And, and that's often, um, yeah, you're still in some senses looked at as young people. My generation, we studied millennials um, in, in seminary um, as, as young people, the, the next generation, but they were so young. They were like, you know, they were, you know, in Six, seventh grade. I shouldn't tell that because I'm gonna tell my age. Um, but, but you know that. And, and but, but now here you are. But, but still, there's a generation or two or three who will still look at millennials and say, yeah, they're too young. Um, they don't have the experience. They don't have the tool set, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they need to sit on the sidelines and watch just a, a little bit longer. Um, so some of them have some of those barriers that are presented to them before they can even make those ideas come to fruition. What do you say to both of those two, two groups? I'm going to give you two questions out of this. One, the individual who has an idea and they're trying to figure out how to bring it to the birth. How do they get in there and make that thing happen? And then number two, the millennial who may be almost a little discouraged because there just seems they've got an idea for something that is to engage the mission of the church, but the church itself seems to be presenting itself as the barrier to being able to make that thing a reality. How would you address them, Beverly? Wow. Just trying to be politically correct on this question here. Um, but no, I'm kidding. I'm from New York. But um, yes, so I would say something that I've noticed. This is just from the book of Beverly, nobody else. I don't represent anybody with my thoughts, right? But one thing I have noticed is that individuality within a body is something that's not really pushed. So we are pushed to be collective. We are pushed to be um, together. We are pushed to be identical. We are pushed, mm. but individuality is not really, in my estimation and my vision, has not been encouraged in a church setting. Um, so for me and, and my, my journey, part of getting to where I was, because that was really my issue, 
not really knowing how to succeed, especially off the beaten path. Now, I wasn't a doctor. I wasn't a lawyer. I've been a piano teacher for 12 years in the Beverly Burton School of Music. My family, they're nurses, doctors, but no one really understood how to give me information in order to get me to succeed as a businesswoman. Mm. So that was a totally different ballgame. And mm -hmm. sometimes people don't know how, and I think sometimes the church, they don't know really how to tell you where to go with your dreams and your ideas. So for me, what I had to do was go on YouTube, right? Start listening to um, podcasts that probably did not represent my denomination. Um, I had to start reading books. I had to mm -hmm. begin to really start seeing God as my my partner in this, my CEO, wow. like the head of what wow. I was doing, um, and begin to separate myself from, you know, the beaten path and say, it's okay to be on the unbeaten path. So it was understanding that people might not be able to help me and I couldn't be upset at that because that's just the dynamic of what it was. The second thing was um, encouraging myself to not be afraid to be myself and to fail and to know that people wow. are watching and the expectation that they have for you might might not measure up a lot of times. But I have to be okay with the fact that it might not measure up, but I know where I'm trying to get to. And then getting information from wherever I needed to without losing my salvation. So, you know, you, you take what's good, you throw out what doesn't make sense. Does, does this align with the word of God? Oh, you want me to sit and meditate and have my mind open? No, that doesn't line up. But what I will do is I will meditate on the word of God. Or you want me to do X, Y, uh, no, that might not line up with God's word, but this does. So you take what's good from what's out there and you align it with where, where, with God's words, the principles in his word, and then you continue to move forward. So that's kind of what I would tell, you know, anyone who's trying to do anything, knowing that that might not be the culture of our church. Listen, know yourself, forgive those who don't understand where you're going because it's not their vision. In the first one. And then Mercy. Be okay. <laughs> listen, be okay with, <laughs> listen, be okay with just getting information. You don't have to be in school to get information. You be hard knock university, you know, YouTube university. Do not be afraid to get information to succeed. Um, what does it say? My people perish because of a lack of knowledge or prophecy. That's that's a real thing. So if you want to succeed, you have to get the information that guides you to success, you know, and um, and then the Holy Spirit will guide you. So don't follow my path either. When you pray and ask God, be open to where he's going to lead you because everybody's path is different. So that's kind of, mm. the, I, I would say more, but I think those are like the foundational blocks of what they can build on. You wow, know? That, that was a lot. I, I, I got to back, I got to back us up for, for a second. There was, there was so much in, in, in what you just said, Beverly, but I want to, I want to zero in on just one of the things that's, that's running through my mind. Roger, she said, she said there, there are going to be times where you have to encourage yourself 
Um, in other words, no, ain't nobody else out there going to encourage you. Not mom, not dad, not the pastor, not you know your 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 ride or die. Even though sometimes even those are going to be the ones that yeah you need to go ahead and, and check something else out. Uh, but but listen, she didn't just say that. She said not only do you have to encourage yourself, I, and I don't know if you said it on purpose, Beverly, but you did say you have to encourage yourself to fail. I'm like, wait a minute, hold up. To encourage yourself to fail, Roger, you've been dealing with young people in youth ministry to encourage somebody to fail. How did that hit you when you heard that? I was like, wow, you know, then it kind of gave me, so you mean to tell me I could tell them it's, you know, it's okay to fail. You know, we, we always want them to do good. We always want them to do right. We don't, we don't want them to hurt. We don't want them to cry. We don't want them to, to feel the pain. And, and that's how ministry has been. We, we want to always feel the good. Um, I had a, I had a situation in my church where a member said to me, not everybody made it into the, into the promised land. And that was that was interesting in the situation that he was talking about, because the church felt, man, something something is real wrong here. But what he was telling me was it's all right to fail. Wow. And I think that's where Beverly is sharing that we can encourage people to fail. Yeah, mm. listen, right. listen, I, I, I just got to throw wanna, this in. I want to oh, add, great. I saw somebody put a powerful statement that says, but you got to grow and learn from it. You know, like, so we don't want to mm. encourage them yeah. to just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was going to bring that out because that's what you said, Beverly. When you said it, you followed right behind that because even when I fail, I'm going to learn something from that. So mm-hmm. here's the idea. This is what I was picturing in my mind. Okay, I know this thing might not work the way I want it to work, but either I sit here and do nothing or I try what I think I can do, and even if it doesn't work, I'm gonna learn something in the process of doing this that's gonna set me up for success the next go round. So you've already set expectations in your mind that this thing might not work, but I'm going to press forward anyhow and do something because doing something is usually always better than doing nothing. Wow, that was powerful stuff. Um, Monique, how, how would you respond to the question? that um who asked uh i think you asked it you <laughs> did <laughs> that question i'm sorry yes so um personal experience um procrastination is my worst enemy i should say not until i was ready to stop talking about it and be about it did i officially start my journey So just a quick testimony. I just remember when my husband and I purchased our home, we were in the middle of renovating, literally painting the walls and um, turning everything upside down. (laughs) But it was just weighing heavily on my heart. I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Um, I stopped painting our living room and um, I just sat there and I prayed a prayer to God asking specifically. I was very specific Mm. about my prayer, what he would like me to write about and where I should begin, who, who he would like my audience to be and just being really specific and just praying to him. So after that prayer, I sat down in a nice folding chair and opened up the back of my planner and just started writing. Literally, my, 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 my hand couldn't stop moving. I started writing, I started rhyming and visualizing. Not only was I painting a picture in my mind, but it was just coming to life. Um, not only was the paint on the wall new that day, but I myself felt new, renewed and motivated, you know? So from that point, God aligned everything up for me, for me, um, from getting 
into um, getting the book published, illustrated, and becoming a children's book author. It was just for me to take that very first step. So I just um, want to say, don't be discouraged. Don't wait to take um, that first step, especially when God is speaking to you. So um, go ahead and take that step. I believe we need to allow the young people to be able to express themselves. We need to hear out the young people before shutting them down. There's just so many young people who are so creative and have so many ideas, but just because it's not traditional, something's wrong with it. <laughs> you know? so, so I just want to encourage that young person to go ahead and take that first step with prayer and um, go for your dreams, man. Yeah. So Monique, you, 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 brought up, you brought up a very interesting point there. Um, a lot of our young people, a lot of young people, or a lot of people, period. Um, you talked about just stopping and just reaching out to God through prayer. And can, was that something that was ingrained in you? I mean, was it something like you kind of said, look, let me try this? What? Because a lot of young people don't think God still speaks to us. You know, in this day and age, we read it in the word of God, they hear the word of God. We, we talk about it in our, in our tradition, our denomination tradition. We, we read about Ellen White uh, having visions and all that. And some of us are like, okay, that's hap that happened there. It's not happening to us. You just spoke very powerfully about stopping, list, talking to God specifically. Mm -hmm. And then all of a yes. sudden your writer's block was, was gone and you were writing. I think your husband put yes. in the thing. You didn't even have a couch. You sat on that folding chair and God was just flowing into you. He didn't, my, my, you, you didn't have a, a room set up nice that, you know, you know, you didn't no. have the light on and the desk. You just sat there and he was flowing and he was talking with you. Is that mm. something is, was that something that was learned? Was that something you just decide, hail Mary, I'm going to try, uh, help us understand mm -hmm. that. So just growing, I grew up into the church, yes, but at the same time, um, just growing up, we go to church and everything, but it was a bit more, you know, traditional at that time. So un not until like I had a personal relationship with Christ and just building my relationship with Christ um, was I able to really understand him, especially through prayer, communication through him, like learning um how to communicate with him if you want to if you want to build a relationship with someone what do you do you have to communicate you know so as i continue to communicate and build my relationship with christ was i able to understand that i have to um pray and not only pray but to listen to him like give give take it take some time after you pray don't just go about your day and just you know take some time to also listen and to hear um, from him. So from that point, um, it was definitely something, of course, that um, I have seen in the church where um, prayer, you always hear prayer is um, more prayer, more power. I'm sorry. Um, but not until like when you experience it for yourself is really where you can start to really testify. <laughs> you know, you will have a testimony. As I heard someone say, um, you won't have a testimony without a test. So um, I absolutely am able to build this relationship with Christ through prayer. And um, as I continue to grow in Christ, uh, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> Amen. I love it. I love it. And the ability to not only uh, speak to God, 
but to listen to him. That's that's what caught yes. my attention. How do we can we can speak all day, right? But how do yes. we listen to him? I mean, listening mm-hmm. to God is very is very important. Now, now here's here's a question I have. So, I mean, we're talking to millennials here. We're talking to people who have made a significant contribution to the community and to the church. But my question is, there, there are some millennials out there that are waiting to see some changes in the church, right? They're waiting to see these, uh, maybe the open doors, maybe uh, waiting to see, you know, people opening up their arms so that they can utilize their talents and their expertise in the church. What do you have to say to those millennials who are waiting for the system to embrace their ideas. Should they just continue just to wait? I'm just gonna wait until nominating committee comes up, right? And maybe my name might be called for some position. What would be your advice to those millennials who are just waiting for the church? Well, I personally, <laughs> like for me, I would say don't wait. <laughs> just wait a minute, go don't for wait for it. the church. Come on, don't wait for the church. <laughs> Come on, Monique. I was your pastor. I mean, what are you talking yeah, about? Oh my God. <laughs> pastor I didn't mean, give you permission to do that. What? Listen, listen. If you wait, Lord you could be waiting that. for the rest of your life for Ooh. an answer. So to me personally, like if something's resting on your heart and it's something that's um, from God, you need to go for it. It's God who's speaking, you know? Um, mm. So I personally believe you should just take Take the torch and run <laughs> with it. I love it. Business meeting is yeah. until next year. Wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> it's like, but the Lord says today. <laughs> yeah. Y'all better be careful. Yeah, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, say, you know, I'm inciting a riot over here. <laughs> I don't know, right? but, but I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued with your story, too. I mean, you were being taught how to play the piano, but they say, hey, listen, uh, you're not, you know, going according to script, right? I mean, so this is not for you. What do you say, though? What do you say for that for that child or, you know, let's talk to the alphas, you know, let's talk to the Generation Z. What do you say to those individuals who are just, you know, they're waiting for the church to really open it up? What would you say? Man. That's a, that's a hard question because I never like to, I try not to come in black and white because I feel like there are a lot of variables in life that kind of, you know, make it hard to just give a straight answer. But I will say that God has a crazy way of directing your path. You know, I've been in many situations where I feel like I wanted to release myself from that situation and maybe couldn't have because of timing but when I looked back on it, I would say, well, I see how that was a growth moment for me to be in this space, in this in this jail, per se, of not being able to go with what I wanted to do. Um, and I feel like that's partially the story of my life. There are a lot of things that are pending for a long time in my life. But when I look at the situation, I see, wow, God, you have really grown me here. You've grown me here. And now you're redeeming the time because everything that I needed in this season is, is accounted for and it just happens everything happens so fast so i think it's it's a it's a it's kind of like believing that god is the head of your life and you can't even move until he releases you like you can technically because look at jonah he did what he wanted he thought was right in his own eyes but at the end of the day 
you know, some things that God might be asking us to do might not feel as good as the visions and the dreams that we have to, to do that thing that we really want to do, you know? So I would say first and foremost, know what God expects from you. He might be calling you to stay because we can't forget the book of James that says it is in our trials. It is in those mm -hmm. moments that are really uncomfortable that really give birth to um, perseverance and out of perseverance comes all of the good qualities that we're looking for in order to be there. Because yet, you know, everybody could get things done, but at the end of the day, it's like, has God refined you to the point where you can be the most effective? You know, like mm -hmm. God's all about being effective. You know, I can, I can do what I want to do in this season and run for it, but I'm not taking into account the things that I can't see. The mm. things that God can see. You know, the resources that God knows might not be in this moment, but it's going to be in next week's. Oh, come on. I'm preaching to myself. But, you know, just to be in that space, that's the hardest part for me now, because I'm a runner. I'm like, yo, is that like green? Because I'm going, is it red? I'm going too. you know, but I'm that <laughs> when I wait for God, he has a really, really crazy way of just making this thing happen in a way that I could never imagine. Even my books, like, I'm kind of like Monique. I've been writing children's books. I have tons and tons of revisions of books for years, but it wasn't until in the season of the pandemic that God released it. And I'm already up to book number three in my series. Since the pandemic, it was probably like June, I came out with the first book, last year, June. So we probably hit a year, three books, and then I wrote one book for um, the series, um, the piano actual musical series that I'm doing so kids could play the piano. And I'm just like, wow, God did that so fast, but I've been struggling all these years to get it done. And he's like, cause you're missing this and you're missing that, but you can't get that until you go through this trial and you go through this squeeze in here and this refinement, you can't get it until you do that. And once you get it, you gonna go fast as ever. Like you don't even gotta take the time. You know, it's just like I'll redeem it. There you go. So I don't want to tell wow. anybody to run, but I will say, talk to God. He hears you. Like he's like Powerful. he hears you. Yes. Millennials, Z's, Q's, whoever. Talk to God. <laughs> he hears you. It might not be in the answers or the as fast as you want it, but trust me, he's never late. He's never late. That's the fall. I, hey, listen, I, I, I'm just smiling, man. Listen. These millennials are fired up, man. They're yes, fired sir. up. And watch this. It's biblically based, man. Their foundation is on the Bible. Hey, mm -hmm. this is a word for those individuals out there who are saying, oh, millennials don't care about church. They're mm -hmm. ungodly. Uh-uh. This thing changes the script. It changes, flips the script. Look, these millennials are fired up about Jesus. Pastor Paul, before you, before you ask that question, I want to ask this. What do you think about the system of the church? I mean, do you, mm, does the yeah. system that we have, does it make sense? Does it, is it something that, um, you know, you understand and this is something that you can, you know, get involved with, that you understand the conference and the union and the division and does it give room for you all to be creative in the system? Uh, I'm just, I'm just curious to know what, what do you think about it? You know, because a lot of, watch this, a lot of the money um, 20, what, millennials like 23, 38, something like that. It's coming. I mean, your age bracket has, has some money. Come on. <laughs> that's just, we that's will just, not be deleting job. this broadcast when we are done. It's going to be up here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But tell me, what do you think about that? Because we're talking about your creative energy, and I just want to make sure that, at least for me, um, as a pastor in the church, and, and, you know, I guess Raj can speak for the conference and, you know, and ask from the union and the, you know. But, <laughs> but at least for me, I want to make sure that I, I make room for creative ideas, right? And so the system, that, at least in my church, you know, I, I try to do that as much as I possibly can. So just listening to you, hearing the things that you have, when you think about the union, the conference, I mean, what, does the system give you the room to be creative like you are and to have the church support? Or is this something that you have to kind of do on your own and then once it gets started and then you get the notoriety then the church jumps on anyone can take that question i don't yeah, want to okay Monique. yeah it's called Monique. Go ahead, Monique. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um for me that question i would say that don't be afraid don't be afraid we can handle it it definitely um just starting off like uh with my book itself on a whole um it was there and the support was somewhat there it was me having to really um get it out there on a whole <laughs> i should mm -hmm. say uh so I, I, I'm not saying the support wasn't there, but I believe that it would have um, been maybe nicer to have. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to formulate my words. <laughs> um, well, this is off script. This is off script. You know, I and again, the reason why I'm asking this question is because, you know, we have a lot of people that are, are tuned in watching and a lot of people are in position where they can yeah. make room, you know, for people who have creative ideas. And, and listen, I just be honest with you, look, there, there's a lot of things that, uh, man, I, I wish I would have done differently, you know, mm -hmm. as a, well, you know, when I was pastoring, I was like the perfect pastor, right? But after <laughs> that, you know, but the reality is there's a lot of things that I could have done as a pastor and I'm trying to do better now in creating an environment where we can support these creative ideas, right? And and again, mm -hmm. you know, so if there's some things that we can do, you know, to to create that atmosphere where people feel like, you know what, my church supports me, you know, that that's that, I think that's what we really want to hear, you know. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. right. Um, like as I said, for me, friends and family and um some of the church members, they were absolutely amazing in supporting um this journey of mine. Um hearing from um pastors would would be great, <laughs> you know, and um knowing that they're also there for you in this journey. Um I, I would have loved probably to hear uh from a few more, <laughs> of course, but that's perfectly fine. I, I understand if you know, you guys are busy, <laughs> but, you know, um, just on a whole, I believe that uh, I was able to get the support from from the book, from more of like family, friends and loved ones, you know, um, that's uh, to be to be totally to be totally honest, Monique and Beverly, to be honest with you, um, 
we we think the church a lot of us think the church as this small little group of folks who gather together in our local sit setting but it's bigger than that because as you know we're a worldwide organization it's a true organization and and to be honest with you the church is not really developed to to promote a creative idea and just run with it you have to have creative people who are right. willing to look beyond policy to say, hey, let's let's see how we can in, in, encourage this, and and there are that is happening now that you you find mm-hmm. that in in certain pockets of our church. One of the folks who is viewing today is the president of um, a resource center uh, publishing house. His name is uh, Brad Forbes. We all know him with Advent Source, and and they are picking up small projects that are doing distribution within the church. We don't do very well outside the church, but we do very well mm. in in communicating in the church. But 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 as as um, Iveta says, we want to hear how to give the support that's needed. As a creative, what is what exactly are you looking forward to when you when you begin to create? Is it just the pastor to stand up and say, hey? Uh, Sister Monique did a book, or Sister Beverly did a book, and we just we need to go out and buy it, or, or or this is great. Let's pray over them and and keep on trucking. What what exact? What are some of the tangible things that we can do to to help support your your creative idea moving forward? Anyone, uh, Beverly or Monique? Yeah, can start. I'll, I'll I'll jump in on that. First of all, I would like to say that we like we want to be like Jesus. Right, so if you ain't got the loaves and the fishes, <laughs> nobody come to you. <laughs> you know, so I just want to put it. That's the reality of it, you know. Um, so what I I want to I want to mirror, you know, Jesus. He told me that I need to identify with him. So right now I don't have the loaves and the fishes, and I get it because that's the reality of how the world works, and we forget that we are in the world. Okay, so the, the, the culture's kind of mirrors what's going on in the world sometimes happens in the church so that's number one number two these are pastors you know we can't expect pastors to be marketers and that's not you know like it's nice if someone can take you under their wing you know like personally for me i know that i've gotten a lot of opportunity under pastor wade because you know I work with him in ministry and it just continues to grow. So I appreciate the opportunities that I do get. Um, but we have to realize that the, the church is not um, a marketing place where we can just bring our ideas and expect that it should jump off. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's really not how it works because then on the flip side, if we're honest about it, we've stumbled upon our creations, right? Yeah, God led us to it, but we're not doing what the the world is doing in terms of you know knowing to write the book and then how to publish it and and so many other levels to this thing where you would need to get a degree in order to know that so if we struggle to get to that point we can't turn around and expect the church to know how to get our book to millions of sellers and millions of copies you know like they don't they don't know how to so even if pastor wade were to get up and say hey beverly burton has a book then there are more questions how is it relevant to the church how is it relevant wow. to the people who are going to buy it? Wow. How is it going to impact their lives? How is it going to... So there's a lot more this is good. that goes under making the church responsible for us to feel welcome, which is why just on Beverly Burton's journey, individuality has become such a thing. Because if I'm waiting on somebody wow. to do something for me, that's the wrong <laughs> mentality to have. 
Listen, Jesus said, I could have healed so many more people, but they didn't believe. So the power mm. is available, but they didn't even understand what he was offering. So if the church is not understanding understanding how the marketplace works and how to market and how to get these these ideas that millennials have on you know out there, then it's kind of like we can't blame them because they're the church. They're here to teach a message. They're not here to make us famous. That's number one. Well, number two actually. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing that I want to say is, you know, it's a two way street. So with millennials, with whomever, it could be anybody, because I'm telling you right now, like someone Mm -hmm. said earlier, one of the pastors said earlier, there are people who are 80 year olds, right? Who have burning ideas, but don't know how to get it out. So yeah, yeah, it's generation. Some people work off of iPads. Some people work off of notebooks. Some people work off of planners. Some people work over off of, um, you know, their iPhones. You know, it's just how we were brought up, what technology we use. So anything changing is is really our, our way of communication. But we have to understand that it's always a two-way street. So the millennials or whomever cannot leave completely and say, I'm out of here because y'all ain't helping me. No, it's just like, mm-hmm. where do we meet in the middle somewhere to say, what information do I need to bring into the church to get them to understand how functional my ideas are and how it could benefit the church, not just financially, but to help it to grow with mm. people. And then the, then the, I'm sure there are a lot of people who would want to listen because not everybody wants to listen. We're just going to keep it real as well on the other hand. But there are people who would want to listen and say, okay, now I can see your vision and let's let's make the goal getting out, right? Because the byproduct of getting something out could be financial, could be, you know, making numbers, could be, you know, getting those million views that you always wanted on social media. But those are byproducts. Those are not the end goal. The end goal is how is my how is what I'm giving away functional? How is it helping somebody? Why would somebody want to buy my my product? Um to change their life and then the byproduct of having a good product is whatever else you wanted the money the fame the cards you know I guess. <laughs> well i feel i feel like something just got just got exposed um and, and i don't know if it was intentional but beverly said that if you wanted to get your book or your stuff in front of millions of people then the church is not the right they don't know how to do that did you guys feel that sting like i felt that sting if there's anybody that ought to be the best at getting something in front of millions of people that that's what we ought to be we ought to be the best at that there ought to be nobody better at that than us and it just showed it exposed that idea i mean and 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 i don't think that anybody would argue with you beverly on that idea however but yeah that's the reality that if somebody's trying to get in front of as many people as possible the church we ought to be the one who know who has the business acumen who has the marketing skill set to be able to nobody ought to be able to market anything better than the church can market jesus to millions and billions Mm -hmm. of people um Mm -hmm. and, and yeah and i feel i just feel as a part of this organization since birth as a 
as, as an employee, I just feel very exposed right now that we don't know and that we have a generation of young people coming behind us who are looking to try to care. Listen, I know we the, the way we ended was on cars and all that kind of stuff. But, but, but in the end, there are many of our millennials, our young people who are trying to help engage the mission, who are trying to shoulder the mission of the church, which is to make Jesus famous. And, 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 and if we don't have the mechanisms and the skill sets within the body to do that, there are plenty of them. They are saying, all right, peace. I'll go and find a way. I'm going to YouTube to figure this out because we don't have it in the church. I'm going to a podcast to figure this out. I'm going to somebody, I'm going to, t mm, I'm going to TD Jakes and to, and to, and to all these other folk out there to figure this out because my church doesn't have the know-how and the skill set, nor the drive and desire to, 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 to create it within wait, the bounds wait, of this wait, church. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't get that. What I got from what she was sharing wasn't that um, we don't have it. I think we have it. We have. It may not be the pastor, but there are other members in our congregations who are business, they're businesses too. They, they know how to pull it together. They know how to write copy. They know how to market things. We, we need to, we, the biggest thing we need to do is begin to network people together because when's, when's the last time I'm sorry Roger when's the last time there was an Adventist writer who was in the top 10 of, 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 of anything that was that was out there when's the last time we had an Adventist writer that was in the top 100 or the top 1000 in terms of getting stuff out there we don't do it we might have some mechanisms to get it in front of a few thousand people but to get it in front of the world we haven't done it show me the evidence of where we have done it those are some of the things I I know that we have some people who can do better than some of our individuals can do on their own. But as a rule for this organization, for, for our church, we just don't do it well. And if we pretend like we do, then we'll never get to the point of doing what it takes to get to the point that we need to be in. I feel like I feel like we're beginning to have the parents argue here. But yes. all I'm saying is this. <laughs> all I'm saying is this. Listen. We have what 12 million Seventh Day Adventists in the in the, in the church well, that are well, in the well, church. About 20. <laughs> is it about 20 about now? Okay. Uh, well, we hope so. <laughs> I, I don't know where books. I got that on the books. From. <laughs> on the books. On the books. <laughs> on the books. But but what I'm saying is this. We don't even market to that group. And Why? you know, um, a a, a, a book that Monique wrote and a book that Beverly wrote should be able to be marketed oh. to, to the, the 20 some million people around the world that are seven day Adventists. And hey, we don't we even do much. that. Oh, and all I'm saying, Roger, we, we get to go, we're going to go again hey, listen, right here George, on this. Listen, we, we know this for a hood, fact that we don't support our own stuff. <laughs> Dion, Dr. Henry, you know that if you went and opened up a vegetarian restaurant and tried to market to the members in your church, you would close down in about six months. And, and that's part of the stuff My that we do. We try to market to ourselves, but we don't really support our own stuff. Tell me I'm yeah. not telling the truth. Uh, oh, Dimitri Taylor, Burton, Dimitri Burton, Taylor Burton. said that in the chat. Dimitri Taylor said that in the chat. I'm sorry. Yeah. Be Beverly, you have something to add to that. I see you. I feel like, listen, it's all about relevance as well. So if someone doesn't know something is necessary or relevant, then like you can call, like say, oh, the new praise and worship group on the, that's probably more relevant than children's books. Not because it's better or worse, but it's about what, what the church is making relevant or what is relevant for that moment. So I think it's the way that things are marketed 
because there are not a lot of young young babies in the church coming up or little people where it's just like you the demographics that i've seen is a lot older in the church so unless mm. someone is buying a book just to support beverly burton because they know her they might not find that books are relevant but platforms need to be created it needs to be differentiated where you know more so where it's not just like oh we're just marketing it to everybody but it's like okay if you're interested in this everybody who does that needs to be over here on this line if you're interested in this, like differentiating and make it more relevant to the people that it's gonna reach versus just saying okay everybody anybody want a book anybody going oh book? wow like, you know yeah. like <laughs> it's more like trying to find the, the, the make the rooms for people to be in who could mm. be you know so i want yeah. to add that monique well, you I'm have any say- comments to 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 these this okay. exchange that's going on <laughs> oh boy! Monique is back well, to you the guys closet, are... her referee shirt and a whistle, and a flag. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, I, I I believe everything that you guys are saying are well noted, and I just believe we. It's unfortunate, but I strongly believe that um, the church you would see them like maybe supporting other things out there into the world more than like something here like that your mm-hmm. church member have tried to create and tried to build up is really unfortunate. But um, I even witnessed myself, some young people, they do have ideas in the church and um, they really get discouraged from it being turned down and um, just having the support not there. And I've witnessed that myself, but um, you know, I just find that it's very important that we try to, as I said, hear out our young people and um, see where they're coming from and not just shutting them down right away because uh, this generation, I have to say, it seems like maybe really sensitive as well on certain things. (laughs) So um, yeah, I just believe the support could be there more on a whole. And I I, I think that there might, there's some people in the church though, Pastor Paul, and and not a whole lot. I think but there's some people in the church that know they know how to get a book out to the masses you know i'm thinking about ben carson gifted hands um that book mm, went yeah viral i mean it's it's all over um barry black's book is is coming up now but on a whole right. you know and, and you know what we may this this might be something we could put in our chat if they know if we if you know somebody out there that's adventist yeah. that that knows mm-hmm. what, you know, i don't this, know if this those word. are fair though dr henry because oh. doc, dr carson <laughs> separated twins i mean come on how many right. of our authors are doing that and they're getting hey, notoriety from the pup from the secular press and so i i don't know if that's fair to to compare you know some of those names that you call to to our millennials who are just starting out and this is their fresh idea and they want to get that out you can't compare that to ben carson and, I, you know, and I, this, this, the chaplain this of the senate <laughs> well, this is what i would say hey listen come with me you know separating twins um you're in the chaplain you're adventist and your book is out there right so so they, so, so because they've been in that circle though and they might have i mean i'm sure that they know some people they they've networked with some people sharing with us those ideas getting that to this format so that other authors that are starting out can mm-hmm. learn the business getting other people that maybe not you know they're not adventists just christians and how did their book come to to be what 
what it is now, getting that information. And by the way, we belong to the body of Christ, right? So I know Adventism, and we definitely have to support each other. I'm, I'm 100% for you, but we got to reach out to the body, right? There's some other folk out there, uh, Pentecostal, Methodist. There's some other folk out there that we got to network with too, right? And, and, and try to figure out ways on how to promote the gospel it, through the book and through the avenues that God has given us. But uh, yeah. that, that I, I think we need to spend some more time on that. These okay. other individuals out there. Yeah. So watch this, Beverly, Monique, um, Dr. Henry, Pastor Wade. I, I got another. I got. I got. This is. I, I'm gonna probably get it shot down and, and ate up for this. So. Um, when, so when, when we, oh man, I'm going to get in a whole bunch of trouble for this. Sorry guys. Um, so, <laughs> so when we, as a church, as a denomination, we do a concert, right? And we bring in a very well-known artist. Chances are we're going to spend for that. And, and let's let's imagine this was pre-COVID, right? Pre-COVID. So we weren't doing a whole lot of the virtual stuff. We're going to bring that artist in. We're going to spend probably between mm, Roger, give me a ballpark. I, I know what I'm thinking, but I I'm thinking I'm saying between 20 and 35 is what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Between 20 and $35,000 for the the artist, for the venue, for, you know, all all that together. Close to 35, 25, 35, even $40,000 sometimes, depending on the name. And and pre-COVID, the only people who were going to benefit from the ministry that took place in that, you know, what, 90-minute concert, 120-minute concert, we're going to be the four, five, six, seven hundred people that bought tickets to go there. What if we took that $35,000 and invested it into an author who was going to write a book who was going to sell 35,000 copies or 50,000 copies of that book um, or something beyond that, 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 that would stretch that investment beyond that? Am I in trouble? Am I in trouble yet? No, I'm not in no. trouble. Bless the no. Lord, oh, my, my, my soul. And so so I, I'm thinking what I'm hearing now is, is helping me to kind of reevaluate um, some of the things that we may have been doing. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with a concert. I, I'm not, I'm not, don't, don't throw me in that boat. I'm not doing that. Um, but I'm just saying that some of the resources that we have may be redirecting them in ways that may, or, or, or not even redirect them. Sometimes it might just be creating some um, to being put into some efforts like what you ladies have done, um, like what some of our other millennials are doing may end up yielding more far-reaching results than some of the things that we have been doing in the past. And, and just listening to you ladies um, this afternoon has made me, st- my, my wheels start spinning a little a little further and a little more. So I appreciate this discussion um, so very much. Pastor Wade. Before we go past the Wade, Pastor Paul, I was thinking, you know, with this concert, you know, spending all this money into the, the concert and, and people coming there from different uh, different walks of life. What if we brought the authors there, you know, so to the so concert, the concert yeah, and in, the, in, the, in the halftime, watch this in the halftime, they are advertising, they're showing what they do. And when they come out the concert, what if some of those books are there, too? And I mean, <laughs> sure, but that's only 500 people at the concert. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> 500 people, 500 people, 1200, maybe other people. 
1,200 that know other people, that can put you in circles, that can do way more than those 500 people. It's about net. Listen, yes. we're sitting yes. with the network man right yes. next to us, passed away. I mean, yes. it's not either or. It's both. Some of this is both and. Absolutely. Right. True. 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 You know. You know. As I as I was I was alluding to the fact that our church. Um, we we kind of we kind of run in the same lane. We kind of in a rut. We 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 get our funding and we we kind of just keep it to doing the same things every year. So our monies are going into the same pot. But but when you when you reach when you talk to a, a millennial like these two young ladies we have here today, you want to say how can we really support them financially? Because it takes money to make money. We all know that. And, um, and so sometimes it means looking at some of the sacred cows that we have in our systems and saying, you know what, this year we may not do this. We're, we're going to do this. And it takes courage. We take courageous leaders to do that. I have to, could I be very vulnerable? Um, um, Beverly sings also. She has a music ministry that is beyond, beyond. And, and, but her style of singing is more, it's very, very jazzy. I mean, I'll be honest with you. She, she, and when she, when she shared about her the way she um, collaborates or or, or makes um, creates music, it made sense. You know, she's very jazzy. I was a bit fearful that hmm, could the could the traditional folks who sit in the pew handle what 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 Bev can bring. And you know, I, I had to bite the bullet and say, "Hey, let's let's do it." And 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 it, and it went off like a charm. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Again, I think Beverly was smart enough, and she was, you know, she understood the audience she was sharing with. Mm-hmm. But but what I want you to say that sometimes um, we don't want to try new things because we're scared that it may it may turn out bad. But I think. You know, trying, you know, reading the book, um, sharing the information about about what you're putting the positive spin on things in a book as opposed to hearing it in a sermon. You know, instead of the pastor preaching it, we could have a reading of the book. Um, There are so many other things we can do. There's a young lady I know right now who goes to the Bethel Church in New York. A shout out to my my former church. And she wrote a, a, a set of books. Nobody knew anything about it. And so, so there are a lot of millennials doing stuff, but because we are so connect, we're so traditional, we tend to miss the horn is someone agreeing with us. We tend to miss the opportunity to really try something different and, and, and promote a different genre to share the gospel. And these two ladies have definitely shown us that they can make it happen. And, and an old, an old person like me, can just jump on that bandwagon and help them grow to greater, greater heights. Awesome. You're the MVP. Amen. All right. So, um, Pastor Wade has one last question for you, ladies. As yeah. We- yes. So listen, we're, we're going to wrap this up. Um, our time has gone by. Uh, when we started, I was like, wow, how are we going to fit all of this in, in, in an hour and a half? But look what God has done. But my, my question to you ladies are this. What is next on the horizon for you? Um, we have a singer. We have, we have a creative music teacher. We have a speech patho- pathologist. We have, a, we have authors in the midst. Uh, obviously, y'all, y'all could be um, TED Talk speakers. Uh, hey, y'all could be preachers if, if in your own rights. Uh, what, what's, what's next on the horizon for you as it relates to making a contribution to uh, the church and to the community? 
uh, Monique. Okay. <laughs> so um, my goal on a hold, on a whole, I would love for just God to continue to use me and my talent to just uh, brighten children's hearts their minds i would also love for this book to reach as many children as possible around the world um just helping them to embrace their self-worth and to continue to build their confidence and definitely um there's a continuation for zola i would love to make zola a series so at this time i'm currently working on book number two it's definitely in the making so please keep that in prayer um and please stay tuned <laughs> during well, listen before we, before we move on um as a, um you can make me full screen i want to just share uh just just a, uh what the books look like um on the left I think it's the left. Sam puts practice off again. That was uh, Beverly's first book. Um, she has a second book out there. She, she could talk a little bit more about that. But on the right is Zola and her amazing day. I mean, obviously, um, Monique, excellent. You know, I, I want to say this. I, I know we're, we're kind of wrapping up. I, I want to say this in terms it. of they just did a piece on CBS News about books that have ethnic um, people in it, uh, and, mm. and, 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 and showing people who are of ethnicities and what, what, what the article literally says is that we need more books that show kids, the diversity, the diversity of, of the people in the world. And you two have just contributed to lifting the consciousness of children all around the United States or even the world in how you have diversity in your books. Matter of fact, Beverly, I don't know if you heard this, but uh, when when we were sharing your book with the with um, Advent Source, that was one of the key things they loved about your book that it had diversity in the book. And obviously, Zola, your book has diversity in it. And um, and so we we are just so excited that you are actually beginning to chip away at an issue that even the world is seeing as a as a thing that needs to be dealt with in terms of making a contribution to children to see diversity out there. And they're saying it's about 70 to 60 percent of the books that are written are all about. Um, I hate to say this, but it's non-ethnic people. And, and when you look at the real world, uh, there are more ethnicity out there than that. But, um, but yes. can, can Monique, we thank you so much. There, we, we're expecting Raj, to see great things. Uh, um, uh, Bev, share with us um, what's next on the horizon for you. Um, so what's next on the horizon is just to keep going. Uh, coming out with a third book for my series, Sam Puts, um, it's called the Student of the Month series. So the first one was Sam Puts Practice Off Again. The second was Sam believes in herself again. And the third one doesn't have a, a title, but kind of to what we're talking about, it's Sam is basically gonna collaborate with another musician. So she's been working at this piano thing and she thinks she's the bomb, cause she is the bomb. But now no. she's gotta expand <laughs> and work with somebody else. And now she's kind of feeling mm. a little intimidated, like, hold up. I don't want to do this because he sounds better than me or she sounds, you know, whatever the case is. So just teaching kids how to have their own lane and work together, you know, and I think that's mm -hmm. really important coming up, you know. So that's that's one thing that's coming up for my book series. Um, my birthday was yesterday. So it's oh. almost been Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> 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 
yesterday was a, a book, book number one in my piano methods book, which is mm -hmm. teaching kids how to play the piano. And again, using my experience of the things that I think that I was missing, like discipline maybe, and um, just needing more information sometimes, I've incorporated that into my book. So that first um, book, book one, grade one is coming out. So my piano students are gonna be the first to use the book. And then, you know, we grew up on John Thompson and other books like that. And I'm like, well, why not let's grow up on Beverly Burton now? Come on now. Come on. Yes. 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 Uh, yes. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Look. I'm excited about this journey. Um, and then the third thing is I've recently written a hymn um, called Boldly to the Throne. And I wrote that hymn a long time ago. It, it, it kind of went under the radar. And one day I was going through something and I jumped on Facebook Live and I was just like, I'm going through something and these words are touching me right now. So maybe somebody else's. It was like seven o'clock in the morning. I didn't even, you know what I'm saying? I was looking like it was morning. Believe me when I tell you that, okay? And then I did it on Facebook Live and it was just me playing the piano and singing. No, I wasn't trying to be cute or anything. So I'm just uh -huh. thinking one or two people might be blessed. This video got over a hundred shares. Like people were like, wow, we love this hymn. It's such an inspiration. Um, three churches in Atlanta have already made it their praise and worship. I mean, in Canada, have already made it their their prayer song for prayer time. They've already incorporated it. Yes. Um, and it's growing slowly, but I'm I know the God that I serve. So people don't move me because until people see relevance in a thing, it don't exist yet in their eyes. Mm. But in, in we know that He mm. began this good work. Come on. So the come work on. is already yeah, there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yes, come on, come on, come on. You know, um, Jesus was still Jesus. His blood was still powerful, regardless of who believed that he was the lamb mm. slain when he hung there. But I think that those are the things that I just have where it's like, what's next? Well, these are the things that I'm placing out, God. So you, you know, I'm going to seek you first and let mm -hmm. all these things, I'm, I'm going to get on the path and I'm going to acknowledge you and I'm just going to keep walking because you're going to direct this thing. And I'm, oh, turn left. Okay, here we go. Oh, turn right. You know, so that's what's yeah. next. Whatever yeah. Jesus says. <laughs> Come on. But I'm really excited about just the gifts that he has Listen. placed in me. And I think everybody should get excited about the gift because he will make room for it regardless. Well, listen, Be Beverly, Beverly, Monique, I, I have really, really enjoyed this program. I've enjoyed, you've ministered to me, you know, and your story is just contagious, right? So I just believe other people that are listening, I'm put myself in, we are inspired by you. That's right. And uh, yes. by God's grace, we can just do some of those things to make a great impact. So thank you for being on here. We want to support you in your books. Hey, you know what, Pass Away? What can we they're do? They're asking. Yeah, they're asking. What they're can asking. we do? They're asking, how can we support these ladies? Um, we are going to put the link that you shared with us in our show notes on the passersroundtable.com. But if today you want to go get the book right now, you can't wait till, till you, you see this, uh, Monique, how can we get Zoe uh, to, to read about Zora? Zola, um, she is on Amazon. And also, if you want an autographed copy directly, you can just email me um, at MoniqueTheAuthor at gmail.com. And um, I'm just working on trying to get a website together and everything so I can 
do everything myself, you know? So, but it is on Amazon. It's on Amazon. Listen, uh, those of you who are listening out there, uh, Pastors Roundtable likes to uh, collaborate and make folks connection. One of the things to be resourced. So if you would like to help Monique uh, with getting a, 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 um, a, website uh what you just said the website Website, Uh, monique is looking for someone to help her get the website up and running and uh you know she needs your help i'm not saying she has money to give you she needs your help to get the website up and running so reach out to monique monique the author at gmail.com we are just so excited matter of fact this is what we will do um uh, well i'll I'll give tell you what we're going to do afterwards beverly how can we get the book and yes, even sir. maybe the song. Okay, so to get the book, Amazon, of course. And you could also go to my school's website, go to bbsm.com. That's G-O-T-O-B-B-S-M.com. And all the information of getting a signed copy as well is there. And I'd be so happy to just get that out to you with a whole bunch of love. Bev, you got to say that also, one more time, that website, one more time. Yes, no problem. G-O-T-O-B-B-S-M.com. Got it. Yep. And yeah. also, I think, Bev, your book is also available on Advanced Sources site. Oh, and right, yeah. exactly. Um, and then the song, you can get it on iTunes. Right now, the version that is out is the congregational version, um, where it just gives people an idea of what it sounds like when you will sing it in your church. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm just writing, and, and God has just hit me with some songs, and also I'm going to put out the solo version as well, and you'll be able to enjoy that if you so desire. Awesome. Preacher says, just keeping it, keeping it uh, preacherly. Wait till sunset. Wait till sunset. Listen, here at Pastor's Roundtable, we want to resource you. We want to resource you. 